Hi, and welcome to Comet Picks by the Glick, and here's your host, Jason Glick. Yes, here I am. And, well, it's like this is our very first podcast. Well, it's not our very first podcast. We've gone through how many now? It's like... Two trial runs, at least. Two trial runs, at least. <laughs> and here we are with our very first one that we're hoping to use, put on the net so everyone here can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And what we have to start off our very first podcast with? Well... Volume 2 of the Aliens Omnibus from Dark Horse Comics. Right on. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, we're definitely not talking high art here. But the thing is, like, Dark Horse has always um, done a good job of maintaining a very high standard of quality when it comes to their licensed products. I mean, and this is a pretty good example right here. Cool. Okay. Now, this this volume contains three separate stories. Um, genocide, Harvest, and the, and the Colonial Marines. It's like very... Very happy-sounding stories, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So basically, the first story, genocide, involves genocide. Genocide <laughs> of the aliens, because ah. basically, on the aliens' home world, basically, there's a new um, strain of alien that has propped up after their queen was the queen was taken away at the end of the um, first aliens omnibus. So now you got two strains of aliens getting the crap out of each other. Why is this relevant? Good question. This is because of a um, wealthy industrialist named Donald Grant, who's basically um, come up with a, a great pharmaceutical drug, great performance-enhancing pharmaceutical drug. Performance-enhancing, like Pfizer-like, or you know, like Viagra-like. Oh, t- <laughs> oh thank, thank God they you didn't mean, go in that. You direction. mean like steroid performance-enhancing? Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> basically, the point is, I mean, the George Trial effect of this is, I mean, they show a guy like. Um, like um, taking it before he runs a marathon in the Olympics, he runs, he does it, he breaks the world record, and then he keeps going right into the stadium wall, and just like a bloody mess <laughs> afterwards. He was running so fast because of it. Because of it. <laughs> and also, when they show like uh, like a standard uh, marine grunt taking it, like he's able to beat the crowd of all the other guys they sent to kick his ass, and then leaving up on the tower to go and take out the uh, the other higher brass members who are um, observing this. So the thing is, like, the army, like, well, they're not too keen on, um, like, having this thing actually perfected, per se. Um, Grant uh, really wants us to have, have this thing perfe- perfected in order to um, market, market for everyone. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, he needs some of the alien's royal jelly, the special uh, substance that the alien's queen, alien queens produce. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, basically, he, he talks the, alien, the, um, the army into taking, like, a nice trip out to the alien home world in order to get this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, just just for this. Yeah, exactly. And of course, like Grant assures them that hey, you're going to have a uh, clear uh, continue a free run of all the regular stuff. So, but the thing is, like as you'd expect from every alien story, the real danger isn't from the aliens themselves; it's from all the backstabbing and that goes on amongst the humans. Right. And there's plenty of that in this plenty of that in this story. As Grant finds out that, well, apparently he's not he doesn't have the only agenda on this trip. Mm-hmm. Now it's a good story. It's like shows up lots of good B movie style action, mm-hmm. and um, but the biggest problem is with Grant himself because he's originally portrayed as like a very um, unlikable, self centered corporate CEO jackass, and until the point where um, where, the, where the writer decides that oh no wait he's gonna have a huge change of heart once he finds out that people are dying because of what he's trying to do here. Now I want to like this change of heart, but it's just handled way too quickly. Uh, to be a, to really be effective, like I, it'd be great if he had started out as a right, nice humanitarian um, corporate executive. But the problem is, well, if he was a nice humanitarian humanitarian corporate executive, then well, he wouldn't have taken a trip back to the alien homeworld in the first place. <laughs> Still, the story it's like um, succeeds in serving up lots of good alien alien action, lots of fighting, lots of fighting, lots of violence, and a fairly fairly decent manner. 
So we got a got a win right here. Second story, Harvest, also concerns a uh, another trip back to um, to another alien infested planet by a guy who's dying of cancer and wants to use the um, aliens the royal jelly as a wonder drug in order to save his life. Mm-hmm. So he's got a so he hooked up with this um, master thief, and also um he's also um pretty intelligent um designer himself. He manages to create his own alien, like cybernetic alien, mm-hmm. order to try and help it infiltrate the, t- the, the hive itself. Yeah, the problem is, it's like, he's, as before, he's not the only person who's, who, who's got the, uh, who's trying to, like, get, get the jelly from this particular tribe. And, well, uh, let's see, how can I put this? Well, things go badly really quick. <laughs> now, the real star of this story, though, is actually the artwork by Kelly Jones. Okay. Now, he's done lots of um, good monster, monster movie stuff, like, um, before and since, but the art here really creates a good sense of... Of creep of creepiness and terror, and it's it's really it actually kind of touches the feel. Um, it's feeling unlike the the um, feeling that the first Aliens movie generated, and it's just re- really strange and ster- sterile, at- solitary atmosphere. Mm. That's what really elevates elevates the story. Although the script itself actually does um, convey convey the action in a pretty good manner, and has some lots of nice character moments as well. Right. So we got another one here now. Well, I'd like to say that we, the, the final story in this series, the ten issue Colonial Marines, was a win. Um, the problem is, it's more of a characteristic of the um, parts being um, par- parts being less than some of the whole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got the uh, so you see the problem is with this series that it's a ten issue miniseries that has three different writers. Ah. A little bit of dust discontinuity between them, would you say? Or yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like the problem is it could have been a lot worse because they actually, the, the story they tell is fairly coherent. So the problem is there are a lot of the diff- little different plot points that get garbled along the way. Because essentially the story is basically about like a, a colonial Marines lieutenant, um, Lieutenant Henry, who gets, um, who basically um, gets saddled with um, a real, real um, jackass job of being, um, of having to escort some some other Marines who aren't entirely dissimilar from the ones we saw saw in Aliens, um, on like it's on a series of like on baby babysitting missions out at a um, corporate waste disposal plant. Now, problem is like that this plant has been infested with aliens and some human alien hybrids. Now, yeah. you know the human alien hybrid thing is something that that you would have liked to have seen properly explained, but I figured this is one of the casualties of having three different writers. On the series, because like it's never doesn't actually like get into a get a proper discussion of why there are human alien hybrids and why there's one like leading all these people in the first place. Okay, so the ignorant question is: is why are there human alien hybrids and was it explained in a movie? No, I think the whole thing comes from comes from like in Alien Three when you saw the um, alien um, be taken on the characteristics of the dog that it spawned out of. Uh-huh. But I think that the problem is that there was they're actually hinting at this is a part of like a genetics experiment gone horribly wrong in one of the company company labs. Gotcha. Yeah. So the problem is it's like it would have been nice if I don't know it's like if not like the original writer had had done the, had gone to done do all ten issues or if like just they had just, if it had just one of these writers had had seen the entire series through to its end. But still, it's like, I mean like the individual scenes. Individual individual um, pieces in the arc are pretty good. I mean, you get some nice nice action on the alien space on the on the waste disposal station. Then another scene on a uh, on a water planet that's 
It's infested by alien, by water dwelling aliens. Yeah, and then a nice um, showdown with the with the alien leader on a on a space station. Yeah, that sounds like what it would be. <laughs> yeah, you'd be looking for. Um, uh, what, what was the series produced? Just out of curiosity. Okay, yeah. this is that, these are all back from the early nineties, I believe. Okay. Let's right. let's see. I think we we're talking like ninety one through ninety four. I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like overall, it's like I mean, it's like it's if you like the aliens franchise, then I definitely recommend this. I mean, okay. it's like. Twenty-five bucks. It's a good value for like four hundred pages of work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So there's another omnibus that's because uh, you said this is the second volume. Yes, yeah, so the first the first volume. Like basically, what I remember of it. I mean, the first it's like the first story. Um, um, Outbreak was actually like one of the best licensed comics I have ever read, and I highly recommend this. Maybe just getting the omnibus just for that. Okay. I mean, there's a. I will admit the um the three. The stories contained in the first omnibus kind of go slightly downhill from there, but still, it's like they're definitely a cut above, like pretty much like every other licensed comic ever made. Mm-hmm. This one, though, it's even if it's 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 great licensed comics, and even then, it's still good lice good comics. Period. So, if you're looking for that, like I said, pay twenty five bucks or do what I did, order through Amazon. And how much is it through Amazon? Just to, just to give them a little plug. <laughs> oh, it's like. It was like about seventeen bucks through Amazon. Yeah, they're, they're, they tend to be a little bit cheaper, and then sometimes you can get the free shipping. You know, if you're right there, exactly, if you can buy something else. But anyway, yeah, of course, it'd be nice if Amazon was paying me to plug them. that. That would no. be awesome. I would totally think yeah. that'd be great. So Amazon, if you're listening, please give us money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, like going on a completely different spectrum, mm-hmm. like we've got um, third volume of the Mushishi manga. All right. Okay. Now Mushishi is. On one hand, like you said, it's a very like arty comic in the sense that it's not about like um, characters like beating the crap out of each other or like like big big flashy sci-fi action events here. Right. No, this is series takes place in feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. This involves like um, a mushishi or a person or a mushishi master. Right. I'm um, named Ginko. Mm-hmm. Now let me say, I should probably back up and say that the, the mushi themselves. Are basically like um, creatures that spawn from the very essence of life, life, life itself. Are they mischievous creatures? Ah, uh, mischievous. I don't think it's more like they just are, rather than like having any particular agenda. I mean, like they just live life, live their lives as it is, and whether or not it actually causes harm for humans, mm-hmm. it's incidental to their existence. Right. Yeah. And this volume, like, basically deals with Ginko. I encounter like some mushishi, some mushi, who basically deal. Cause them to um, just to cause them to, like problems and move, cause movement, just like their arm joints stiffen up. And then, really? So like arthritis mushi? Yes, arthritis <laughs> mushi. They who look like who look like rust, incidentally. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then some some other mushi who live in, who live in the sea and cause cause humans to vanish for um, years at a time. Mm-hmm. Another one that caused them to grow a tooth in the roof of their mouth. Aha. Uh-huh. So this is a real. Um, I remember. I know. Is this based off of the anime series of plot, or is it the vice versa? Like the anime was actually based off of the manga. Vice versa. The anime was made was based off this manga. Okay. And you know, um, while the stories in here are are generally very are very good. I mean, I, I'd recommend this just about anyone because like because very the series does a good job of showing you stuff you've never seen seen before. Just like captures the promises of of awe and wonder at seeing these creatures and how they interact with. Humanity, and just how Ginko finds generally unorthodox ways to try to deal with them that don't act, necessarily like he's not gonna because Ginko himself he's not actually out to kill these things, 
he wants to find a way for these things to live in harmony. I see. Yeah. So he's not a hunter of them as much as he's just like, okay, I'm going to make them coexist. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And incidentally, the last story actually provides a um, part of an origin story of Ginkgo himself, uh-huh. which is also interesting itself. Hmm. The problem is, though, and I realize this is, this is going to be lost on anyone who hasn't seen the anime already, but as someone who has seen the anime before, mm-hmm. um, the it's like I have to admit, I do think the series loses a lot when you're not seeing it um, animated, like in full in full color, and prop and properly animated. I think mm-hmm. ah no, it's like I sound like a big jackass when I'm saying that like the that like seeing it in seeing it like that pro- makes the series lose some of its impact. But really, it's like the um the series the animated series actually holds very closely. To the manga that, that you're reading right here. I mean, it's like almost copies things word for word, scene for scene. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about the differences because obviously, for those who don't know it, manga is usually black and white. And it, exactly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, but just seeing just seeing the uh, the anime, it's like, I mean, like they just capture the, the essence of these stories that I'm reading perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I'm looking at something like you know, it's like I'm not saying that these series are bad by any means, right. but you're like look at the anime, and it's like, I. Kind of like that better, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the interpretation and the the way it's portrayed is a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're just seeing the the. I mean, it's like you look at this and you think that you know just the way he kept all the lush landscapes provided like you see in this series, and they they almost cry out for some for some color and movement here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like and the and the anime it's like really um captures that essence perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean and that's and that's part of the charm of it. It's almost, you know, in some places very watercolory in the anime. And then when you see it in black and white, it kind of robs us of a little bit of the effect that the anime had on the viewer, you know. So that's how I mean, if that's not correct, is that is that how I interpret that? Yeah, that's per- that's pretty true. However, if you haven't seen the anime, then trust me, you're going to have nothing to complain about with Mm-hmm. With seeing these these stories right, well, you could always step up, right? You can go and read the manga, and then go watch the anime, and go, hey, you know what? I kind of like that too. You know? Absolutely, that's highly recommend. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how, whatever you do, it's like you're in for some good stories, regardless. Cool. Yeah. And on that note, call on into our first podcast. All right. Well, we'll uh, see you next time.